Welcome back to the Meet Us in Paris podcast, the podcast about all things travel, be it destinations, food, having an amazing time, or what to pack for your next trip. I am Zen, and in our chartered plane is Kristen. <laughs> Hello. Is it called shotgun in a plane? Or no, co-pilot seat, I guess. Co-pilot, yeah. yeah. Hello. Or you could be in the jump seat. And somewhere oh, in first... <laughs> Sorry. You know, do you remember when they used to have jump seats in um, planes? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So years ago, let's say 20 years ago, before 9-11, every once in a while, you could request. To, oh. There's like a seat that was actually almost like a swing that was in the the pilot's door would be open. And then you would have a seat that was actually mounted there. I vaguely Yeah. And you um, usually there's like a. A pilot who's learning but sometimes you could request hey you know is it possible i could do a jump seat so i could watch the pilots and then, yeah sure why not and not anymore but um yeah. but as we heard there's someone else <laughs> i think she's in first class maybe drinking champagne maybe tomato juice like she mentioned before it's tanya hi everybody i am drinking <laughs> champagne today so so you guys can come up to first class too <laughs> <laughs> we have to fly but um so <laughs> last week um if you guys listened in if not go listen in because we're introducing our friend tanya um we didn't finish our interview with tanya and all the questions we're totally going to finish that a little in a little bit, but we wanted to do a quick "What's Happening Around the World" highlight. You know, it could have been this month, last month, following month before we started into the questions, just for some a little bit of a change. Um, and if you're not familiar with it, this again is where we highlight a cool event from around the world that you should consider attending if you are planning a last second trip, or maybe next year gives you a year to look forward to planning something. Uh, you know, in a mo- uh, in eleven months. So in the past, we've highlighted things like a cheese rolling contest where people run down hills and chase after <laughs> big wheels of cheese and injure themselves. Um, lots of different conventions, you know, the fun stuff. But before we start, you guys know the drill. Uh, mm-hmm. We can't do anything before we get we hear a short message from our sponsor because, uh, hey, you know, they pay the bills. When you look back upon your life, and you see all the things you achieved. Certainly none of them started with inaction. And when you're planning for your next career journey, find us, the University of California, Irvine. We've over 80 convenient online certificates to help you navigate the future, and we're the perfect Sherpa for your next big adventure. Find us at ce.uci.edu. Okay, so I guess I'm starting first about our events thing. Zen yeah. walked me down the plank. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh, you want me to go? I can go. Yeah, you go. Okay, okay. So this the the what I wanted to mention, this actually happened last month. So um so I'm cheating. So it's something called a Hario Wine Festival. So the Hario Wine Festival is a festival that takes place in um, a city named imagine hario very creatively named it's in spain and what is they're most famous for is you've heard about the squirt gun fights in um thailand um you've heard about you know like there's like a tomato festival um they are famous for their hario wine festival and what they do is they douse themselves in wine oh so so 
expensive. It, it right. does. And wasteful. Wasteful. Let's drink it. You yeah. Just have, you, well, you can. Uh, you're soaking it in instead of drinking <laughs> You just open your mouth and that you can drink some of it as okay. being splashed everywhere. But apparently they, they, you know, there's like a time and setting and then it's kind of like they set off something and everyone runs around and they, uh, they splash each other with boots filled with wine, or it could be filled with squirt guns can be filled. Um, and they just douse, everyone douses themselves. And the greatest thing is, you know, over the years used to be in the, I think it was in the forties and fifties. Um, actually there, people didn't want to go after a while because it was ruining their clothes. But oh. now there's like a new, like it, now people want to be there. And so everyone wears white on purpose and it stains their, oh. their shirts in this lovely lavender color. You got just Google Hario Wine Festival and look at the photos and you can see all these people completely in purple or like they're wearing white headbands and they got these dyed shirts, um, T-shirts that um, were once white that turned purple. Um, and in addition to that because they want the kids to be able to play um also in 2004 they started a new tradition and they have uh between 10 and 11 a.m they also have uh containers of red liquid which are apparently non-alcoholic and then the kids can join in i thought you were gonna say between 10 and 11 years old but no (laughs) yeah so how do you spell haria um it's it's haro h-a-r-o wine festival and it's really cute because you know and then they give the kids like biscuits and chocolate for lunch and stuff like that and so they have so it's a big huge fun thing it's also the it kind of started with um it's on uh june 29th of every year and the reason why is um it's it's something called the feast of san pedro and you know it's funny because i did a little bit of research and i couldn't actually find out why they uh splash wine on each other there there's no it's been around for years and years and years and i just haven't been able to find information but it looks like a total hoot yes that sounds sounds like it yes and and watch the youtube videos they're they're absolutely hysterical (laughs) so (laughs) But okay. apparently, it it it, it's, it actually dates back to the sixth century. That's how old it is. I like that. That's yeah. good. That's fun. Yeah. So there you go. Hario Wine Festival, Hario Spain. Okay. Nice. Who's up next? Is that enough? Was that enough stalling for anyone? <laughs> I can go. I can go okay. next if you want. But okay. um, are you ready? Kristen? It doesn't matter. Go for it, Tanya. Okay. So this is my first, but here I go. So the one that I found was, is called Pole and Rock Festival. It used to be the, it like it's inspired by Woodstock Festival and it's formally known Ooh. as that. It's, it's in Poland. Oh, oh, I was, I was going to say, is it pole? Like yeah, is pole, Polish you know, or uh, pole, pole like a stick? No, pole, I wasn't sure which Polish. one of the two. Yeah. P-O-L, Pole okay. and Rock. And oh. it's a four day free rock music festival in Poland and it's inspired you know by Woodstock and they have about 3,000 people come and you know for like a party and then what they do is it's organized by I think this was interesting by a charity foundation that whose goal it is to make medicine more humane 
So oh. I know it's like kind of like this, just kind of be happy. But this year for the first time, they're having certified yoga, laughter yoga teachers. And this group, <laughs> I know this group. Is there postgraduate work involved with that? I'm just kind of curious. <laughs> no, they didn't, didn't mention it, but they're going to have four, four times a day. They're going to stop the festival and do laughter yoga. And at the end, they're going to have a big 500 people person um, laughter yoga like fest. And they're doing it is because, you know, you know, laughter makes you come together. It's a social connector. It makes life a little bit easier. So it was just something that tells you a little bit about me too. That I would go to that. <laughs> I mean, how can you be mad? I would, at you yeah. I would too. I just <laughs> want to see it. I want to have the wine festival included with this one. <laughs> That's what it would be fun. Your your Haro wine festival, Zen. <laughs> well, I, I want to see Don, Down Dog while drinking wine and laughing. Yeah. <laughs> You'll need it in a camel pack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so anyway, that, I thought that was kind of a really cool thing. I, I, um, If you look for um, like a Poland Rock Festival and, and formerly Woodstock, you'll find it. I'm not going to try to figure out how you say where it's at because I didn't even write it down. <laughs> I just couldn't. I was going to destroy it. So that's that's my little contribution. Cool. It's a fun one. Um, well, I have to throw out. I just I feel obligated to mention July fourteenth is Bastille Day, which is yes. France's national day, um, and it is the anniversary of the storming of the Bastille, which sparked the French Revolution. And um, because they're such a big uh, diaspora, I feel like you can find Bastille Day parties everywhere. Um, they're even here in Orange County. Um, and I know of a bunch of them all throughout California. So I bet wherever you are, if you wanted to celebrate France and French culture, you could find something um, probably that following weekend this year. But um, something fun that I found, um, actually similar along the same lines, but July 16th is La Paz Day, oh. which is Bolivia's national day. Um, so the, let me find my really neat fact that I found. Um, well, let's, let's go on all this. Okay. <laughs> I'll read everything that I found here. Um, okay. so La Paz is a city in Bolivia. It's actually known as Nuestra Señora de La Paz. It was founded by Spanish conquistadors on the site of an ancient Inca city. And even though the conquistadors arrived in the area in 1535, they did not found La Paz until 13 years later. Um, and it was founded to commemorate the end of the Peruvian Civil Wars, which hmm. is weird. Doesn't make sense to me, but sure. Um, okay, so here we go. Although many cities around the world, I mean, including like our own country, they choose to adopt their foundation anniversary as their official holiday. Um, La Paz is the an exception to this. So they actually use July 16th because on July 16th, 1809, um, Pedro Domingo Murillo initiated an anti-Spanish uprising that is now considered the starting point um, in the struggle for South American independence from Spanish rule. So this is a huge uh, festival in Bolivia, um, street concerts, fairs, huge fireworks displays and all kinds of um, 
like national pride and people in uh, traditional outfits and the pictures that I'm seeing make it look super fun. And I feel like there would be uh, a lot of like interesting nuances being that it's Bolivia and I'm so not familiar with really anything Bolivian. I only know a a person in Bolivia. Other than that, I don't know anything. So that's cool. Have you ever been? No, no, I haven't. But um, I've had friends from Bolivia and Um, and singers, you know, people like, you know, music, but other than that, yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah. And apparently, I mean, so the city is actually situated in a valley and, um, the views are supposed to be amazing because of all the, the mountains like around it. It's like high up in a valley. Um, it looks like an amazing day or amazing city. And what also is really interesting is that the constitutional, um, capital of Bolivia is not La Paz. It's Sucre, but Mm. La Paz is actually the de facto capital. So it's like technically what governments recognize, everyone deals with like La Paz, but according to their documents, it's not really the capital, (laughs) which is very confusing. (laughs) Yeah, if you went there, that's where you would find Bolivia's National Day, July 16th. Gosh, I guess that's probably winter for them, though, huh? I was going to say it's summer, go enjoy, but I think they're Southern Hemisphere, so. Yeah. But must not get that cold, because everyone looks like they're having a great time in not a lot of layers. (laughs) Okay, good. That sounds fun. Okay, I never knew that. Yeah. Cool. Okay, now we know what to do for next year. Yeah, so plan that out. So. That's our what's happening around the world highlight. And now we're going to change things up and finish with our Get to Know Tanya segment. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Okay. Okay. So the so we only have something like 15 questions left from original 50 um, mm-hmm. and 15 or so. Um, so the first question out for today is, Tanya, why do you travel? Let's see. Well, I think I travel as it's fun. <laughs> and one of the main things is I love history. So I usually when I go somewhere, I just like plan it out, research it and just to get like the new flavors of everything that you're seeing. So I think it's just to escape and have fun. You're a planner. I am. I love putting it together. I start thinking <laughs> the minute I decide I'm going to go because my brain is already there. It, you're kind of like me. I think I overplan. I've been trying to do less of that. <laughs> then, like, when I, I just go and have fun. That's my husband. <laughs> yeah. My husband's the planner, and I'm the one that just shows up and is like, tell me what you found. We'll go see it. <laughs> that's exactly what he does. And then I don't, like, have a schedule. It's like, okay, it's there. We may or may not go, but I know okay. about it, and it's okay. You know? That's helpful because – I actually don't like knowing, so I'll feel stressed out if I go. I'm like, but I didn't get to see this. Oh. But I hate when I come back and then I see something that existed there. And I'm like, wow, I had no idea. Had I known, I would have made an effort to go see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah, it just depends on the energy levels and what you're doing. But, yeah, uh-huh. I, like, I like knowing, like, as much as I can. Yeah. Um, let's see. What tour company have you used in your travels? Um. I like to use, it's kind of like old school Steve Travels, not the tour company, but more like, like, you know, Lonely Planet have like different like walking tours or ideas. Mm-hmm. I think more that than, than a tour. I like going off the beaten path. So I don't necessarily do that. I do love the double decker buses. And the first time I get to a city 
because you get a big view of everything. And then I, then I'm on my own, but I usually like where locals are at more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have Uh a favorite airline? I don't. It's more of, I have points with American only because, because, but I'm not going to say it's my favorite. <laughs> right. I, it's just what's what I can get a good deal on. That's pretty much my favorite airline at the moment. What <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> no brand loyalty, unfortunately, because it's That's so fine right now. Okay. Is, you know, have you ever met anyone who travels who's truly brand loyal? Yes, I knew people like that. <laughs> really? Okay. I wasn't sure because it seems like right now it's like everyone I meet, it's like, oh, yeah, I have a card for all the different airlines. But, you know, it's, it's, it's okay and this is okay. But I've never heard any. And, I should, I should, I should um, you know, present this with a caveat that the people I know are like that are people who have the funds to be that picky. Oh, oh. of course. Yeah. 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 I could be picky if I had. Yeah, the lotto that we were expecting. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, all right. Um, so, oh, this will be fun and interesting. Where were you born and where did you grow up? Okay. So I was born in Colombia, in Barranquilla, in, um, in the by Cartagena, in the, in the mm-hmm. coast. And But then I, I was just born there because my parents lived there and then but most of my dad's family is in Bogota. And then... Um, but your parents are both Colombian? My dad's Colombian. He's passed. And my mom's from Nicaragua. Oh, okay. So, okay. But they met here in the States. Just that's Oh, the way even more interesting. I know. And then they and then he, they went back and then lived in, in Barranquilla. And that's where I was born. And then we moved to Puerto Rico t- until when I was like three. So I learned how to speak Spanish. I mean... Like you learn to read, to write numbers in an all nuns Spanish school. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know, uniform, the whole thing. And then um, then we finally moved to Southern California around like when I was nine. So like the first grades were like all Spanish. And then here I wasn't allowed to speak English at home ever. So then at 13, I decided, okay, I don't care. You're not making me speak English and I won't, I mean, Spanish. I'm not speaking Spanish anymore. So they shipped me off to Colombia with family. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to do it. Uh And then I went to uh, Marymount School, a bilingual school. Again, nuns and the whole thing, all that. That explains a lot about you, Tanya. uh Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That I'm very spiritual, right? (laughs) You're something. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, what's funny is that I almost flunked, you know, because I learned how to dance. I learned, you know, I learned the culture, which I hadn't because I was living here. So I fell in love with, with Latin America, with Spanish, with Colombia. And so that was a really good thing that they did. I, you know, it, it was interesting. But then I came back and then I just lived in different places in Southern California, but back and forth to Colombia here and there. So, um, but I think the best part is they didn't let me speak English, Spanish. What is it? What am I saying? It didn't speak English at home. I don't know what I speak. So, wow. so it's moved around a lot. And when did you come back again for like from the like, state? Well, like at 13, I left. And then at 15, I went to Cali, Colombia, Cali, and oh. um, to an American school, all all completely American with all the 
American kids, the whole world's in English, then you get on the bus and everything's in Spanish. And then I came back to, uh, I don't know, 16, 17, something like that. And then, and then let me think, um, this is kind of like, like maybe another story, but got married at that age, and then divorced way down the line, and then remarried who I'm married to now. So I found that in Colombia, a husband. <laughs> wow. <I know. laughs> so, and, sorry, how old were you when you left Barranquilla? I was around three. Oh, okay. Do you have many memories of it? Like, have you been back since? I've never been back to Barranquilla because no one's there. My, my, yeah. um, what's it called? My godparents mm-hmm. just moved back. And so I want, you know, part two of a trip going over there. I want to do that and go visit her and mm-hmm. finally make it to Cartagena. So that's kind of a trip. Santa Marta, the three that I want to yeah. go back. I have very limited. I- I'm so curious about that that whole like the Caribbean Atlantic region of Colombia because I've never been. So there, see, that's the trip that we all need to do. Yeah, yeah, touche. <laughs> wow. Well, that that's fascinating. That's really awesome. Yeah, it's an interesting um, going back and forth for sure. Yeah, is there a big like? Is there an American population in Cali? Yeah, in Cali there was. It was really cool because well, when I was there, that was a long time ago, right? When I I was 15. <laughs> um, and it was great because like the teachers, everybody, they're making, do you want chili beans? We're going to have hot dogs this weekend. It's wow. And then you leave like the school and everybody's in Spanish, yeah. you know, everything completely different. It's just, it was such an interesting experience to just be in two worlds at the same time. Yeah. Um, and like, I remember one of my, like my algebra teacher was like from Tennessee. It was hilarious to have wow. a guy from Tennessee teaching you, you totally. know, I was in Cali, but it was so fast. It was, it was like 48 hours there or something, but I never saw anyone speaking English natively around me. So I'm like, what did I miss? Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess also depends on the neighborhoods you go to. Cause it's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I love my Latin America, but it's very classist. Okay. Yeah. So well, okay, that was way too much, but you now you know. No, no not I at all. Not at I all. am <laughs> to that question. Yeah. So, so you know, now that we've heard about all these different places you've been, where would you wish you were right now? You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I I dream about this all the time. Where would I do? Um, right now, the new place I want to go to I've never been is Malaga, Spain, because mm-hmm. I've heard it's similar to California weather. And it's Mediterranean, it's the beaches, it's Spain, what could go wrong? So yeah. <laughs> um, no rhyme or reason. It's just my new place I want to go. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I support it. Okay. Thank you. Um, what is your favorite city for architecture? Right now, it's like again, a cliche, but Barcelona, Gaudi is just such mm. a cool place. I don't think I can stop looking and going to the museums of all, all that he did and I read about it again when I traveled there. I read like crazy about it. So it's, it's just, you're like fantasy. It feels almost like Disneyland sometimes. It's so out there, right? Well, you know, they say um, George Lucas got his, a lot of his inspiration for like the stormtroopers from some of the Gaudi architecture. Yeah, it's, it's. Really? I, I did not know that. There's some. I don't remember. I remember I was close. I was like in Gaudi Park and my friend was telling us and she was pointing out something. And she's like, I think that's what it was that inspired the stormtroopers or whatever. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, it, like 
because it feels so like it's like a fantasy. It's it's not serious architecture. It makes you feel fun and like youthful and alive. Playful. Yeah, playful. Exactly. Thank you. That's yeah. Word. Good. Good choice. It makes me feel like I'm in a movie walking yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now that we know that, actually, it's kind of funny. Chris and I kind of struggled on that question, but you, and you answered it so quickly. Um, <laughs> what do you have a favorite city for food? Well, I'm going to say because of nostalgia, Colombia. Colombia has so many soups, and I love soup even if it's summer. So I could be there, and we could have soup and fruits, all the fruits you know in the world. So. That's probably one of my favorite. You know, I love going back is at a food fest, but I have not been to Rome, and I, and I know that you guys oh. have talked Sean. And after talking, well, Sean him, hasn't now, been to Rome, um, but he was Sean, in Italy. He was in Florence, yeah. Yeah, but after talking to him, okay, it's kind of like okay, I need to go. My friends have gone to Rome, and they said, "I just just go to Italy; it'll change your mind." <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Italy is completely is is so different than anywhere else in in Europe. In my that's opinion. probably it, the next one I want to go to in yeah, Europe. Yeah, I had to, I'm trying to take my wife and daughter there because they haven't experienced it yet. It's funny because they don't have an interest. My my wife and daughter is like ah, and it's like no 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 no. You gotta How go funny. to Italy. You gotta go to Italy. So Rome or Florence, or do you know where you want to go? You know what? I would try to get them at least to do. Um, Rome and Florence. Um, you know, I'm not sure about. I mean, I'm sure they would love to see Venice, but um, Milan as yeah. well. I have so, a cousin. My husband has a cousin who's living near there, so that's the excuse now. Yeah, but I have a co- I have a cousin who lives in in Rome, so it it oh. makes a lot of fun because you get to go travel with the locals. So I love when you have family in place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it makes it so much easier. Right. <gasps> Okay, that was good. Italy. Um, what do you do for exercise when you travel? Well, besides walking, what I've done in the past is I love dancing. So I will find usually my research, go find a dance class of oh. some kind. Um, sometimes I'll go alone because not everybody wants to do stuff like that. Or I'll take someone if um, if I'm going to see family. Um, and that's, you meet people. It's really cool. One Christmas, um, I remember I brought a young girl to teach all the kids to dance like a little performance. And then the kids did a little, so all the adults, we all played and, and, you know, like kind of learned it, but then the kids did it at night on the 24th. So I'll do stuff like that. It's, it's fun and you meet people. It's silly. Yeah. Yeah. And then you look like a fool because you don't know how to do it, but it's still fun. (laughs) That's very, um, like, industrious of you to do that. <laughs> industrious? How funny. I'm, yeah, oh, it's like I really want to get into where I'm at, you know? Yeah. Good for you. Okay. So um, what kind of, if you do it all, do you, uh, what kind of camera equipment do you bring with you when you travel? No, just the phone. Nothing. I think now it's hard. You, It's so easy to have the phone Then it's hard to bring cameras. But And I'm not by any means of the imagination, uh, you know, photographer at all. So, Well, beyond that, camera phones have gone so good. Exactly. Even if you're now, bad, it'll be a good picture. 
Yeah, exactly. In <laughs> fact, I think um, if you have a camera phone, um, a lot of them do a lot of you know magic mystery, and it actually makes the photos better because of the computer inside the camera. As opposed, to if you're using a camera, you're, you're kind of on your own. You know, I think that camera fo uh, phones actually do better for most people. So. Okay, I was stuck on magic mystery. That sounded fun. Yeah, well, it, it's just, you know, they, they do all this, you know, they, they automatically set, like, the exposure, they automatically, ex you know, the, the color and the lighting and stuff like that. And so they make things, like, if you took a regular camera, like, and took a picture, it's like, oh, it's kind of dark and dingy. The camera, the phone will actually make it brighter and look nicer. And that's kind of what I mean, the magic mystery. So I love it. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, just a phone. Okay. Um, you kind of answered this before, but now you're really going to have to count. How many okay. cities have you lived in? Oh, um, I've counted this, and now I can't remember this, how many schools, but I've lived about 20 places, 20 cities. Wow. Yeah, and I think I had like like a school a year, maybe two sometimes. Um, so 20 cities in, in Colombia and Southern California and Puerto Rico. <laughs> That's a lot of cities. I usually can get along with just about anybody for that reason. <laughs> you have to. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, there's no other choice. Like, hi, you're my best friend now. <laughs> All right. Um, so the next question, and I know you're famous for taking these, but how long was your longest trip? Am I famous for taking long trips? I did you not know, know. I just remember, you know, the thing is like, I think a lot of us will take a one week or two week trip. And then I remember when I, I don't know how, when I first met you, I don't know what it was, but like, oh, Tanya's going to be gone for a month and she's going to go, you know, to Columbia or somewhere. And it's just yeah, like, yeah. whoa, she's must be saving up all of her vacation for a year and a half or something like that. So <laughs> I do. Oh, that's funny. So yeah, the longest one was one month in Europe on train. And, um, I remember asking my then boss a year out saying, <laughs> I want to do this. Let's make sure I can go. Let's figure it out. I'll do whatever I need to and worked around work schedules and I did it. But it was, took like a whole year to get, make sure everything was going to be in place. And um, again, I planned the whole thing on my own and just researching it and saved and all that. But um, there's Madrid, Barcelona, Paris, Genoa, which was just the stop, and Zurich. Um, so I don't count Genoa as Italy because it was just too short. Um, and we stayed two, three days in each place. Um, and it was very funny. I had, I mean, I wrote little things in in my notebooks of different things that would happen. And it was really good. I really enjoyed the putting it together. My husband just sat next to me, Kristen, and said, hey, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so a month. Um, I think vacation is very important. It very is. important. Um, so what is your favorite airport that you've traveled through? Yeah, I don't have one. I really kind of don't. <laughs> Sorry. I know there's some amazing ones. I just have not been to one. Maybe the day that I do, I'm going to come back and go, guess what? I got into yeah. <laughs> right now. I'd rather imagine things in my head and just sit there and nothing. I have to ask you, which one about, what about you two? Do you have one? Well, I, I was talking Hong about Kong. Hong Kong. Hong Kong's amazing, but I like the um, Haneda one. Uh, oh, well, actually, right. No, it's actually Narita, I think. 
Yeah, Narita's the big one. The yeah. ones that's further away because they have a lot of um like the gumball machines with toys. <laughs> all sorts of like these really kind of cool like they have their gift shops are totally cool because they, they sell like the um what are those called? The bidet toilet seats in there and they have all sorts of <laughs> other random stuff. So I just like wandering around that Right. And touching things and looking yeah. at things and yeah. Yeah, but I'll I'll see um the uh the Hanat Haneda one, which is closer, which is almost downtown, um, they got some amazing food at that one. I had the best udon there ever. <laughs> so, oh, there's going to be lots of places to go with the two of you um, telling me where to go. It's going to be fun. Yeah, well, you you've done a lot more South America than right. I have, so. and you have been well. Kristen's been all over, but it sounds like Zen, you've been more on Asia. I did, I've done more. Well, I've done a, a lot of Asia, in Asia and Europe, but yeah. I'd only been to Chile, South America. So, okay. and a lot of the states. I used to a lot of the United States as well. So, okay. Okay. Cool. Whose question is next? I can't remember. Uh, it's you. It's me. Okay. We're question 49. I can't believe we're this far. <laughs> um, it only took two podcasts. Um, who is your favorite travel companion? Uh, it's my husband because then I can't do anything and he just like goes along um, yeah but he tells me this is funny because this is in every trip he'll say all right you have an hour to talk the whole plane ride so you use use it up <laughs> right now or you can use it in increments but that's all <laughs> so that's something that always happens but if it wasn't him my next one would be any nephew or niece i would oh. love super great companions to go i've done trips with them really fun nice yeah. Um, okay, last one. Super fun. Beer, wine, or liquor? All of them. Oh! <laughs> wow. Yeah, it depends on the mood, right? Like, sure. you know, it depends. I'll go through beer, and then I like wine, and then I like, like mixed drinks, so it just depends. So, okay, now what about you? What did you I'm guys- a liquor. I'm a beer person, but I resist. <laughs> Really? I love cider a lot recently. Oh, yeah. I love oh. sours. Oh, mm, fun. Yeah, I love it. Just good ambers. Ambers. Yeah. Okay. Oh, great. We can do all kinds of damage. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Call the police. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else is flying the chartered plane anyway, so it's okay. That's true. That's true. You know? And we came to an end. So um, I was reading the notes from way back. Where Zen said it's rapid fire, but I missed the rapid fire part. <laughs> oh no! That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I went. Why did it take so long? Oh, I was supposed to do this fast. <laughs> I think this was better. So, <laughs> thank you. For we got more time that. to learn about you. So, God. So anyway, so that's what happened. Okay, that's why I went on and on. Did not okay. realize it. All right. Well, I guess that's our last question. I think we learned a lot about you, Tanya. Um, some things that we probably shouldn't know, maybe as well. <laughs> yes, I agree. However, the last question was the most important question, and we're uh, about the dr- what kind of alcohol. And I think we're going to get along just fine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I need to say one more thing about that alcohol. When oh, I was meeting my, my mother-in-law in Argentina, like the first time I went to go see her, 
Uh-huh. And we went to a supermarket and she took one little cart and I took another little cart. And then we, I found her at the back of the store and I had fruits and vegetables and she had like, I don't know, 12 bottles of, be- of, of a wine. Mm-hmm. And she said, you can never have enough wine. And I said, Aww. oh, you and I are going to get along just fine. So, <laughs> so it, I, I got the story about Chilean. So my, my wife is Chilean. Uh-huh. And so, um, we're having a party. Um, this was probably a decade ago. And this party was being held for like my parent-in-law's, I don't know, like 40th wedding anniversary or something like that. Who knows? And so it's a whole, they rented a, a, a room in like a local club and there's probably 50 Chileans there and everyone's drinking wine and eating bread and the thing is that we're supposed to be eating dinner and you know it's like we're there at six o'clock and they're bringing out wine and there's bread and then seven o'clock goes by and they're drinking wine and they're eating bread and i'm kind of like asking my wife it's like you know 7 30 is going by it's like you know where's the food <laughs> and everyone was kind of like and i was kind of like is it kind of getting late for food we've been here for hours and like one of their friends overheard us and it's like we're Chilean. As long as there's bread and wine, we're fine. <laughs> wow. And it went on for like another hour. I don't think we actually got served until like close to eight. And finally, food started coming out and no one complained. <laughs> wow. Priorities. Yeah. Just <laughs> bread and wine and they're fine. And then once the food came out, of course, it had to be some kind of steak. Of so, course, because that's what I, you eat at eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do have a question for you, Tanya. Okay, do you like pisco sours? Yes, I do. I do. I haven't had one in a long time. It's um, so hard to get pisco in the United States. Are my neighbor um, gets them all the time? I'm going to ask him from where, because that's okay. who I drink, drink them with. Are they pre-mixed or, or just pisco, and then he makes his own sour? He makes his own. Um, okay. He's from Chile, so let me ask him. He's oh, camping right now. Yeah, so the the, the thing back. the thing is actually in Chile they have pre-made pisco sours, mm-hmm. like strawberry ones and all sorts of, and it's like drinking Kool Aid. So it's if you ever get the chance, dangerous. Um, I think Peru doesn't Peru have one have some too? Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'll ask. I'll ask Google. He 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 knows where to get them, and I'll share. Yeah. So. Okay, well, so for now, thanks for tuning in. Do you want more? Then check us out on our Facebook or Instagram social media pages, which I haven't been maintaining very well, but you can go look at all of our old photos from our adventures around the world, other interesting articles and more. And last of all, before we leave, we want to give a big thank you to our sponsor, the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education, which offers only the best continuing education. If you need a career boost or looking for a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu. And once again, thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.